thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. Tonight I want to talk to you about the gift of faith. Something about faith, it, it is essential in the Christian life. you got to have it. Actually, you cannot have a Christian life without this, this thing called faith. And so we need faith in order to even trust God, in order to even live, in order to even survive, in order to serve Him. We need this thing called faith. So everyone say faith. faith. And actually, without faith, you and I cannot even have a relationship with God. It's impossible. Yet the New Testament actually describes faith is given to somebody that puts their trust in Jesus Christ. Now I, I know we've talked, we're talking about the gift of faith, but tonight it's important for us to understand there is this area of faith that's given to us through salvation, then there's the gift of faith that's given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. But faith is a special gift. It's released in some for a specific situation. So you have the, the faith that's given to us when we get our, put, our, put our lives and trust in Jesus Christ. He gives us a level of faith. And then you have the gift of faith that gives us a sense of power to move forward in particular situations. We're going to look at both of them tonight. And we're going to look at the gift of faith. But I want to begin by seeing the difference of saving faith and the spiritual gift of faith. I don't know if you've ever thought about those two because so many times we use the word faith and we're, it's interchangeable. We said, you know, I just had faith that God was going to do this and he did it or I, I put my faith in Jesus Christ and I received salvation. So what's the difference? I don't know if you've ever thought about that. But there is a difference. And so first off, Jesus stands tonight. If he, was, he is standing here tonight just to help us understand, and he offers faith to everyone who wants to receive it. So that is, the, that is the idea of a faith that comes through salvation in Jesus Christ. And that faith is always offered to us. It's offered to everyone on the planet. And all of us have been invited to this loving relationship with God through Jesus Christ. But in order to receive that faith, we need, what we need to do is say yes to who Jesus is, we say yes to what God has done for us, and yes to his offer of life. And once you do that, you, each of us, are given a measure of faith. Because if you say, well, I don't know if I have the gift of faith, you may not have the gift of faith, but you do have a measure of faith. And you have a measure of faith that has come through your belief in Jesus Christ and who he is. So all of us have a level of faith. The moment we actually say yes to Jesus, we're translated from a place um, that we are without faith to a place where we now have faith. So a place of not trusting God. So before you did not trust God, but then you, you put your belief in him and now you go to a place of trusting God. Something shifts in us and we receive faith. So no matter what your faith is tonight, whether your faith feels weak, whether your faith, faith is minimal or your trust is minimal in the moment of saying yes to God he's given us faith and here's something what's really powerful about this idea is that that faith 
that he has given to you is something that rests inside of you for the rest of your life. It's for the rest of your life. And so when you accept Jesus, whether it was, it was 30 years ago or two minutes ago, the idea is this, is that you are given an eternal faith that will remain with you for the rest of your life. And there's no doubt that a person cannot become a Christian without faith. So I want to read to you out of Hebrews chapter 11, talking about what faith is is and just to understand this this may be preaching to the choir tonight but it's important it's always a good refresher of what some of these things are and so this idea of what is faith Hebrews 11 1 to 3 says this now faith is confidence and what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see this is what the ancients were commended for by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Because you and I, we weren't around when the universe was formed. Some of you may feel like you were, but you were not. So we have faith that he formed the universe. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So there's this whole idea that God created. And our confidence is in this God who created. That we have assurance about what we do not see. And Hebrews 11.6 says this, and without faith, it is impossible, everyone say impossible, to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Actually, in this chapter 11, which we're going to look at, look at just a little bit later, this word faith is mentioned 25 times. And with, that, with this faith, again, it's impossible to please God without faith. Which what that means is this, it's impossible to have a relationship with God without that thing called faith. So faith, fundamentally, and I want you to hear this for a moment, is allowing your life. So when you put your faith in Jesus, sometimes we, we think, great, I put my faith in Jesus, that's wonderful. But what does that mean? And I know all of us know what that means, but it's important for us to understand it in a fresh way. That faith fundamentally is allowing your life to be shaped by God's character, to be shaped by God's promises, to be shaped by God's power. Not what you see in the world around you. So, it's, so to understand that, that you're, what you are shaped, your faith allows you to be shaped by who, who God is, His call on your life, what he's doing on, on your behalf, the promises that we have in the world, not by what you see, not by the troubles you're going through, but to know that God is he who says, it, it's God who says, I am the one who defines what your life looks like, not the troubles you're going through. And that's something for us to understand that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, there's this powerful thing. We exchange what we, a lot of us, we live out of, out of where we are. We live out of what we're going through. We live out of what we're experiencing. But faith holds you steady in the midst of the storm. Faith holds you steady in the midst of no matter what's going on, no matter what you're faith, facing, your faith in Jesus Christ says, Lord, it doesn't matter what everything else is doing around me. I'm putting my trust in you that you're going to work all this out for your good. So, and this faith actually has a personal impact on our personal choices. So when you put your faith in Jesus, faith looks like something. 
It's not, faith isn't something that's out there, and yes, I have faith, but faith looks like something. So it looks, it makes a difference in the relationships that we make with one another, the priorities that we set, the way that we spend our money, the way that we spend our time, the way that we live our lives. It, it, our faith is demonstrated through the people that we marry, the people that, that, we, that we choose to, to become friends with. Everything in our life is impacted by this faith. This faith that Jesus gives us and then begins to alter every area of our life. Now, something to remember about this idea called faith. For so many people, faith is the object of their faith. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. So, the, the reality is, the, or maybe the best way to say the object of faith <clears throat> is not faith. The object of faith is not believing more. And man, some people, man, if, I, if I can just believe more and somehow wind, you know, it's like we're, we're a little wind-up doll. I just keep winding myself up. I will believe more. But the reality is this, is that the object of our faith is God. The object of our faith is not faith. It is God. It is we put our trust in something that is, that is outside of us, that is superior to us, that is above us, that's beyond us. And too many Christians actually have faith in their faith. So when they come to a, a, an issue or a problem, they say, well, I don't have enough faith to have faith in my faith. Seems pretty selfish, doesn't it? Pretty self-centered. The whole idea is for us to have any type of faith that we can put in a God that's beyond and above who we are. Because it's in Him that, that we draw our strength. It's in Him that we draw the answers of our life. And what God has done for us is where we put our faith in. What Jesus has done for us is where we put our faith in. It's where we get our strength. And actually, it's where we get our increase of faith. So this doesn't mean, though, that faith in Jesus will spare us from problems. It doesn't mean that. You know, I, there have been times that I've been in cultures where <clears throat> the reason why you were going through problems is because you didn't have enough faith. The reason why you were, you were suffering is because you were the problem. Again, that's people putting faith in their own faith. Actually, we're told in Scripture that, that because you have faith in Jesus, you will suffer. Because you have faith in Jesus, you will be rejected. Because you have faith in Jesus, you will be laughed at. Because you have faith in Jesus, you will be mocked. Isn't that encouraging? That is so wonderful. And the hardest time actually to have faith is when everything is going wrong. Because you begin then to think, it must be my faith. It must be me that is coming up short. It must be me that is dead. I can't, I can't wind up myself enough to have enough faith to get over or to get through whatever I'm dealing with. And the hardest time to exercise faith is actually when you least want to or when, when just life just isn't seem to be happening and you feel alone and you feel empty. And, you, then, and then what happens is, is that cycle happens again because then we turn back to ourselves and say, I need more faith. I must do something. I must turn my, my crank of faith and we're empty 
Instead, we need to lift our eyes from where we're at up to a God who is the giver of our faith. He's the one who gives you that faith. But it's actually in these moments of emptiness, it's in these moments of aloneness, it's in these moments of times when we, we don't know what in the world's going on, it's in those moments that actually this faith begins to change us. It begins to alter us. It begins to take us from one place where, where everything we're struggling with, we don't understand, everything seems to be falling apart. All of a sudden, we, we bring things, we bring our compass back to the point, and we say, God, I trust you. So no matter what is going on in the world, I'm still going to trust you. No matter who you think is going to be the President of the United States, Where is your faith? If faith is what we just read in Hebrews 11, it's hope and something we totally can't see and understand, but we put our trust in God. Where's your faith? I heard this pastor the other day. He got up and he was talking to his congregation. And he this is what he did. This is a little side note. So it's Wednesday night. I take little side notes, okay? I take them on Sunday too, but Wednesdays are. He got up and he said this. And he was serious. He goes, stop scaring the children. And he said it again. Stop scaring the children. And then he said this. He said, if you spend more time painting this picture of gloom and doom of our politics and our politicians and all, oh, where are we going to go? What's going to go on? And we're going to hell in a handbasket and look, lock the front doors of the church because the devil's running in and we better run out the back door so we can be safe. And he said, stop scaring the children. Because what you're telling the children is this. Yeah, we have faith in God, but we don't trust him that much. Yes, we have faith in God, but apparently he, he does not know what's going on in our world, in our nation. And so our faith grounds us to a God who is perfect. He is excellent. If you, if you want to give yourself a challenge for politics and leaders and rulers, read Romans 13. And it says that God establishes every leader and every ruler. Talk to God about it. If you don't like it, talk to God about it. All right, now back on course. Here we go. I want to look at Ephesians 2.8. I want to talk to you, still talking about this whole faith piece. Ephesians 2.8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. And so we're saved by faith. Our faith brings us, or allow, opens the door for us to be rescued and saved and set free and delivered. But also we're justified by this thing called faith. In Romans 5, 1 through 2, it says, As therefore, since we have been justified through faith, 
Again, all through the Bible, faith is this key. Faith of salvation. Faith is the key for salvation. Faith is the key for pleasing God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith and to his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So all of this is saving faith. All of this that we're talking about right now up to this point is saving faith. It's offered to every person on the planet. If you want faith, you can have it. Everyone can have it. So where does this faith come from, though? I don't know if you've ever thought, that, thought of that. Where does this faith come from that we have that is given to us, that we're, allows us to put our faith in God, and then God adds faith back to us? Romans ten seventeen says this. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. So when we hear the message of Jesus, of who he is, what he has done, how he has conquered death, how he has risen again, what his promise is to return, something happens in us. When we hear that story, when we hear that story preached, when we hear, when we read the Bible, when we focus on who Christ is and what he's done, what happens, faith is released to us in a powerful, significant way. And it's, it, faith is an automatic response to that story according to Scripture. So if you want your faith to be built up, if you want to be strengthened, if you're here tonight, it's, and, and there are seasons that I'm this way too, and I realize, man, my faith needs to be strengthened. You know what you need to do? You just need to talk about Jesus. Begin talking about Jesus. Begin reading the, his word about Jesus. Because according to that scripture, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Begin to talk about Jesus to one another. Now, if you want your faith to be torn down, begin to talk about all the things that are wrong in the world, all the things that are wrong in the church, all the things that are wrong with your friends, all the things that are, that's wrong with your pastors. Don't do that one. Do the, you can do all the rest of them. <laughs> Start talking about all the things that's wrong in your career, all the things that's wrong in your life, and all of a sudden you will be like, <laughs> your faith will begin to dwindle. But again, as, you get, as faith, you get your eyes off of your circumstances and everything else around you, and you begin to focus on a good God who has great plans for you. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. He's never going to turn his back on you. He, he's working on your behalf, and you don't even know it, that he works all things to the glory of himself, that he allows us to share the glory of him. And all of a sudden, which, which one do you want to talk about? Even just now when I was saying that, you felt your, your faith, your soul begin to rise up. You said, I like that. Yes, I'll go with that. Because that's the power of when you hear the message of the truth of who God is, faith comes alive in each of us. So if you want your faith build up, if you want to be encouraged, talk about Jesus. Listen to the words of Jesus. Lay down in bed at night and put some headphones in and turn on the Word of God and just let it wash over your mind as you would pour in a bucket of water over your mind, clearing out the canals of all the worries of the day and the pain and the frustration and the disappointment. And all of a sudden, your faith will become deepened. So, now I want to talk to you about the gift of faith. So that is 
the salvation or the faith of salvation. I want to talk to you about the gift of faith tonight as one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you have um, verses 8 and 9. It says this, To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit. Actually, I don't know if I put it in there. What else is there? Yeah, there it is. Okay, to another faith by the same Spirit. Sorry, I missed that one. <clears throat> so to another faith by the same Spirit. So this is one of the gifts of the spirits that, in, that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's the gift of faith is for specific circumstances, specific situations that bring about a change and what a person is facing or what an individual situation. There are in these incredible stories that I love of all kinds of these, these people who operated in the gift of faith. One of my favorites is but, but George Mueller. Have anyone ever read any stories of George Mueller? This powerful just missionary guy who just believed God called him to preach the gospel and to help orphans. And he had these hundreds of, of, of orphans. I actually was able to go and see some of George Mueller's places when I was in the UK. Uh, a friend of mine actually sat on the, um, he was the chairman of the board for the Mueller Estates. And so I, it was really cool. But you could go and you would see some of these areas. And so he had the gift of faith. He believed and he was, he was moved with an unction that God's going to provide for these children. So he'd sit them down at breakfast time. They'd sit down, they'd line them all up, and they'd say, all right, where's the food? He said, I don't know, let's pray for it. Because they didn't have it. And, but he believed that God was the God who was going to come through. And all of a sudden, there'd be a, they'd pray for it. Lord, thank you for the food you're, we believe you're going to give us. And we bless the food that's about to come, and there'd be a knock on the door. And all of a sudden, he'd open a door, and there'd be a milk truck that said, you know, um, we were delivering some milk, and we had too much, and so we can't take it back and dump it, so we want to give it to you. And all of a sudden, he would come, and they would provide this milk. In the same moment, someone else would drop oats off at the front, or it always happened. God always provided. He never asked anyone for anything. He believed that God was enough, that he, if he asked God, God knew enough people to get him what he needed. And God did it. He operated in this gift of faith, which, which really resonates deeply in my heart on many different levels. So I call this mountain-moving faith, being able to speak into a particular situation, to be confident that God is able to do something transforming and powerful. But here, here's the deal. You cannot wind up the gift of faith. It's a gift. Now, you can ask for it, you can, you can believe for it, and all of a sudden something will click in your spirit that you'll know, I'm going to believe for that. And I'll share a little bit of that in just a moment. But in Hebrews 11, we see the gift of faith being used by normal people, just average Joes. Now we see them as heroes of the faith, but they're average Joes. So faith was used by a man, Abraham, who was too, who was too old to have children. But he believed God, he could work a miracle, and he believed him, and his wife became pregnant. Faith um, was made a man who had never seen rain, Noah, never seen it before, didn't even know what it was. 
Imagine, I, like we think, we think it's really cool Noah built an ark and that was wonderful and all. He had never seen rain. He had never seen uh, this area that what, what are you going to do with this big thing? He didn't know. He just believed God and all of a sudden rain came and thank God he had the ark. And by faith, he continued to move forward. When, by faith, you move forward when everything else says, what in the world are you doing? Faith tells you, I don't, I don't care. There's something in here. And it's even hard to explain because it's, it doesn't make sense. When God says, I want you to do this, I want you to, it, you get this unction, I'm going to build a big boat. Well, what's a boat? I don't know. I've never seen one before. But you keep on keeping on. And you keep cutting trees down. And you keep putting them together. And you keep standing back and going, I don't know, keep putting them on there. Let's see what happens. You've never seen one before. But something in you says, keep going. Don't stop. Don't quit. It's faith. It's this gift of faith. Faith calls the man to do whatever God wanted in spite of the fact that he could lose everything. And as you read, let me encourage you, go back and read Hebrews 11. Go and read these beautiful, powerful stories of these people who, by faith, did something amazing. They exercised faith in the face of danger, in the face of attacks, in the face of uncertainty, in the face of being alone. And what's really interesting this is, a, this is another little side note of Hebrews 11. As you read it all the way to the end. Hebrews 11 is a bit of a paradox because they that had faith suffered a lot. So again, you think, yes, but if you had faith, you wouldn't suffer. Not according to Scripture. If you have faith, you will experience suffering. So they had suffered a lot. And here's the other thing. They did not see the full promise of what they had believed for. But yet, no matter what, they continued to have faith. They continued to believe. When I was reading this today, I thought, what really, what they were doing is they were investing in their retirement. They were investing by faith into the place that they're going to spend the rest of their lives in eternity. Listen, a lot of people, you, 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 you put stuff in retirement and you're investing so you can retire on the beach in Florida and have enough money to survive. But these people, by faith, were investing in something they couldn't see they were doing something they didn't see the end result with, but they kept on keeping on. They were investing into their retirement and eternity, and God rewarded them. I, I look forward to seeing these heroes of the faith in there. I've seen how they were rewarded. How did God? They invested into actually something that mattered. So God did amazing things in their lives and threw them through their faith, but the reality is bad things still happened. And that isn't theology that bad things always will happen, but what we know is if bad things are happening, it may not be because you have a lack of faith. 
And maybe because God's allowing bad things to happen. You're like, I reject that in Jesus' name. But that's, that's, that is what we have in Scripture, and that's what's very clear for us. Because it is not about, our faith is not about how great things are going. Our faith is about what God has spoken to us and what we're believing for. There are some of you here tonight that you are believing God for some things. You're believing God for these breakthroughs, for things that only He can do. And everything around you is telling you it's wrong. It's not going to happen. It's never going to take place. Don't just might as well give up. Just, but what you are sowing into eternity. You are sowing into retirement. And some of you will see the breakthrough here in this earth. Some of you may not. But do not give up. Do not stop. Keep believing. Jesus talked about this gift of faith. Matthew 17, 20, he said this, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here, to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That's this idea and gift of faith. And so, I, listen, I've talked about this a few, um, actually, I don't know when it was, maybe six Wednesdays ago. We were talking about this passage, and how, how do you understand that? What does that mean? How come I can't go out and say, all right, if, like, we believe the Bible's true, right? So it says, small mustard seed, just say mountain. All right, let's go for it. There it is. There's the mountain. Go tell it. Move from there and go to there. Now, if it doesn't move, does that mean you don't have faith as, as small as, as, as a seed? Of, sorry. As small as a mustard seed? What's important to understand, these gifts and all of the gifts are in function under the authority of God the Father. So when God tells you, speak to that mountain and tell it to move from here to there, you speak to the mountain and it moves. If it is not God's will for that mountain to move from there to here, and you go out there and you're sweating, huffing, and puffing, and trying to blow that house down, guess what? It's not going to happen. Because the gift of faith is in function under the authority of God the Father, that when he says do it, you operate in it and he gets it done. So we are to align our faith and our lives under the authority of God. And it's out of that authority that these gifts flow in such a powerful, significant way. And I believe that God is birthing something in our midst as a church. These gifts, listen, I just had coffee with a young man this morning. He, he came from a background that didn't even believe in the Holy Spirit. He came here. <laughs> he, at first, he was the day that we taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit in, in the main service. He said, Jason, I was tracking with you. You were like, oh, yeah, amen. That's of the Bible. Yep, oh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Nope, that's wrong. He said immediately, there was something in him that said, nope, resist that. That's wrong. He said, but he said, God kept speaking to him. He kept speaking to him. And so, like, they went home. They thought about it. They came back. They were in one of our services that went up to the altar. They got prayed for. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Went home. He said, he goes, you know what the first thing I did after I got baptized? He goes, I was so hungry. I went everything of God. He said, I took a closet, and I made myself a, my own prayer closet. So I go in there. I shut the door, and I just speak in tongues as much as I want. It was great. It was good. 
But all these things, these gifts of the Holy Spirit, are for us in the body. They're not for the special elite. They're not for, for those who have, the, who have the PhD and with letters after their names. It's for every person who says, God, can I have some of those gifts? And he says, absolutely, you can have this one. You can have this one. Well, God, how, how, do, how do I use it? Well, you use it under my authority. And you use it when I tell you to use it. Some you can use all you want. Some you need to use when I speak to you and say it's time to use it. It's very important we understand that. Because some people get thrown off. Well, someone has the gift of healing. How come they don't go to the hospital and just kick open the door and put them out of business? Did God tell you to go and do that? Now, we're stepping into theological, you know, things that are like, yes, but so did God, does God allow that? To God? Listen, we're not going to go there tonight. All I know is this. Your gifts are given to you to function under the authority of God, and that only. Not for your whim and your, and your fun and say, hey, let's show off a little bit. It's all about submission to the Father. So that, here's reality, he will not share his glory with another. So he, you can use that gift under his authority so that he gets the glory. So in these, this gift of faith, it can be used for yourself, that God says something and speaks to you, and there's this surge and unction to believe and press forward in some areas. It can be used for someone else, but it's always to accomplish the will of God. There's several examples of this in the Bible. Elijah was given the gift of faith to believe that God was greater than the idols of Baal. He said, all right, come on. Put, an, put, put another bull on there. But you know what? That's not good enough. Why don't you just bring some water, dump some water on top of there. And he said, he said okay, let's stand back. The real God will set this thing on fire. You know what? Bring some more water. Put it, put it on there some more. I mean, imagine the prophets of Baal are going, oh, gosh. But he had this gift of faith. He knew. No matter what, he was under the authority of God. He knew what's, what's, what's about to happen. doesn't matter what you want to throw up there and put on there. The fire of God's going to lick that up and dry it up, dries a bone. Why? Because he had the gift of faith. He believed it because he knew it was right. Was he showing off? No, he was being obedient to what the Father told him to operate in that gift at that time. Daniel 6, Daniel was given a special gift of faith to believe he would be protected. He was in the lion's den. They, they, they ran, the, the king ran over because to, to, he was so sad Daniel was in there. They opened it up. Listen, they put Daniel in a, in a den where those lions were hungry. They opened that thing up. Daniel, Daniel, you down there? Yep, I'm right here. And Daniel 6.24 says this, So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury whatsoever was found in him because he had trusted in his God, he had faith. God's going to sustain him. Acts 14, there's an account of, the, of a man in Lystra, Lystra, depending on how you say that. The Bible says when the apostles saw him, he had faith to believe God was going to heal him. And guess what? He was healed. The gift of faith is given by God to have confidence in God for a particular situation, to see the supernatural workings of God in that moment. 
I've seen the gift of faith a couple times in my life. Not as many have I seen in others. I don't see it in my life as much as I would like it. I keep asking God for it. But particularly one that really I, I remember there was a moment that something, best way to say it, ticked over inside of me. And it was when God had called uh, my wife and I to go to the mission field. And we just knew at some point, all of a sudden, it was like the hammer dropped. And we had to go. And we had to go now. We did, we, and God had called us to England. We, and we knew it. Go now. We didn't have any visas. Just so you know, they don't let you in unless you have a visa. We didn't have visas. We didn't have any money. We didn't have any support. Everything in the natural said no, including family who said no. You're like, yes, but it's, this is, I believe this is God's dream for my life. Everyone was saying no. But everything in us said yes. What are you going to do if you get to the border and they let you in? I don't know. But i got to go. God's called us. And all of a sudden, the gift of faith begins to believe no matter what, God's going to provide the way. So you begin to move forward. You begin to take a step forward. Now, if God hadn't called us there and we said, we're going to go there anyway, that would have been stupid. But it's a fine line between stupidity and faith. <laughs> yeah, that'll give you some. When someone says, I'm a man of faith, you're like, don't you mean stupidity? But anyway. It, it's a fine line. One is obedient to God. One is just, you're just being silly. But they can both look the same. They can both have the same, you can even, when you talk about it, they both have the same ending in, in your own mind. Yet we're going there. But one's, you're going to get there because of your submission to God. It's His will. And the gift of faith moves you there. So you begin to move. You begin to, to walk it out. We, we actually knew God had called us. And we said, God, what do we do? And he said, go there. So we did. So we showed up. We bought a one-way ticket. I would not recommend this, but it was what God said. We bought a one-way ticket, and we showed up, and they let us in with a one-way ticket, which they never do because they think, <laughs> obviously, they think, you're not going to leave. So we went there. We went from this town. God, is this where you're calling us? No, went to this town, is this where you're calling us? No, we would, you know, went there, you have a little cup of tea and some biscuits, and no, nope, this isn't it either. You go here, you, you walk around, and all of a sudden, things start to happen. I, I, I got an email from a guy who said, you know, I know a guy, and so I just went, drove down the interstate, or what they call their motorway, and I pulled over to these services, these kind of truck stop, and this guy was supposed to meet him there. I've never met him before. Hundreds of people coming in and out. I kind of get out of my car. I walk in. And, he, and there's this guy standing here. And he looks at me. And he goes, Jason? And I said, Kelton? He said, yeah. So we sat down. We ate. I said, man, all I know is God's called us to come to England. I don't know anybody here. I don't know any churches. He goes, yeah, you do. I said, he goes, you know me. You need to come work with us. I said, okay. How do we get a visa? He said, I don't know. So, but while I was there, now this is another kind of funny thing. While I was there, um, I said, you know, I need a bank account here in England. Well, you can't get a bank account, especially internationally, because it's, there's money laundering that goes on. I mean, the, the, the regulations are, there are very, very stiff. And uh, you need a, uh, a proper visa that's from the government that says you can be in the country. So 
I said, I said, man, I really, I just, now this is, I had this unction to get a bank account. I couldn't get off my mind. I got to get a bank account. I said, I don't have a visa. I don't, and I said, well, I'll just try. So I walk in the bank, walk into Lloyd's, and I go in there and I said, I said, yeah, I'm here to open a bank account. And they said, um, are, do you have an address here? I said, no, I'm, I'm a foreigner. They said, do you have a visa? And I said, I do. I said, it's a tourist visa. So I, I opened, my, I opened my, my passport, and in there it says, it says a visa. It's stamped, it's a tourist visa. You, it only gives you, I think, like 30 days or 60 days. And I said, will that do? And they said, I guess. <laughs> so they slid it under. They did all of this. They said, do you have an address? And I said, Kelton, what's your address? They punch it in. I get a bank account. Immediately, I connect our, and so I get a bank account just right out of the gate. I don't know why. I was, I just, it was, it was faith. God had said, go do this, and I had the gift of faith to do it. So then, then we, we went back home. And then we realized we can't go back without a visa. I have a bank account there, but I don't have a visa to get back to my money. So what do you do? And all of a sudden, Kelton, this guy I met, ran into a guy that knew a guy. It just sounds like a great story, huh? (laughs) Who was the head of this denomination. And Kelton was telling him about me. And the guy says, well, tell me about this Jason and Cheryl. And he said, well, they feel like God's called them to England. feel like God's called them to, to, to work in the church. And he said, man, well, we need people like that in this country. He, and he said this, give them my, my number. And uh, I'm, he said, I don't know if you know this, but I'm the head of immigration for our denomination. <laughs> and so I called him. And he sent me the paperwork. I filled it out. I sent it back. Within like six weeks, we had visas. Just like that. We showed up. We knew nobody, knew nothing, but knew God had said yes. And we saw the gift of faith, faith operate in our lives. And, and, and we, yeah, there were times you start to freak out, but then there were times you're like, this is what we're supposed to do. Um, funny, we, while we were there, actually, another person, just a quick story, a person operating the gift of faith, she was, uh, her name is Debbie, and, and she's a friend of ours. And she was walking out of a grocery store, and, and she looked over, and there were these people around this little two-year-old girl. And what had happened is the girl had ran out in front of a car and got hit. And she had gone under the car, so she was totally unresponsive. And so they pulled her out from under the car. And, she, and Debbie is a nurse, and she walked over there, and she stood with the parents who were crying. They were trying to resuscitate the girl, and nothing was happening. She was blue. She had a head injury. It was a really bad situation. And she said, all of a sudden, she said, I don't know what it was, but God said, God said, I am here. So she turned to the parents. She said, I just want you to know God's here. So the parents are hysterical. So they had stopped working on the little girl. So she bent down, and she put her hand on the chest of this little girl, and she said, God, I don't even know if I have faith as big as a mustard seed, but I feel like you're going to heal her. Heal her. And the little girl went, and she breathed. It's the gift of faith, the unction. She said, I was... 
she didn't even think about it. I'm standing there watching, and she's a nurse, so this is very logical to her. Well, she's unresponsive. And all of a sudden, God said, the gift of faith said, believe, move forward, and do something. And she did, and God healed this little girl. Smith Wigglesworth often speaks of before he would do, and he was a revivalist. Smith Wigglesworth did re, some ridiculous things. If you want a good, entertaining story, read his story. But all of a sudden, he, he describes in his diaries when he would, all of a sudden God would speak to him to do something. He had this unction of faith that he had to do it. He had to move forward. He had to pray. And sometimes there were strange things. <laughs> He'd smack people and they get healed. But we, won't, we don't do that here at the church. Don't worry about that. Unless God tells us to, and then I'm sorry. No. <laughs> but it's this gift of faith, and it's, it's this unction. So that, I'm trying to, I want you guys to, to understand this. The gift of faith, it is an unction of belief that is undeniable that you put your confidence in what you cannot see, but you know it's going to happen. And you move forward in that. So the gift of faith can be evident and released in a healing context. God can heal someone. In a breakthrough context, whether you're facing whatever it is, if it's even spiritual warfare or whatever it is, and all of a sudden this, this authority of the situation comes over you and you step into it. It's a breakthrough context. The gift of faith can be used in a situation that needs to change. A gift of um, Faith can be used where there needs to be revelation, and all of a sudden you step forward, you kind of put your neck on the line, and God comes through. But it's all out of this unction of your spirit. It's time. Do it now. Move now. Move forward now. It's a gift of faith. There have only been a couple times that I've felt that unction. The one was in England. And the second time that I felt it, strongly is when Cheryl and I returned here to Faith Bible Chapel. And I remember walking in these doors two and a half years ago. And I walked through those doors and I felt that unction. They began to believe for the impossible here. Began to believe for an awakening and a revival. It was not me. This isn't wishful thinking, guys. This isn't, oh, I hope, or boy, wouldn't it be great? A gift of faith says something. This is going to happen. Now move forward. I began to believe for an outpouring of God's Spirit over us as a church. I began to believe that there was a sense of unity, that we are, to, we are to rediscover family again. We're going to be such a tight-knit family that we will be able to accomplish anything because where the brethren dwell in unity, there God's blessing is in their midst. And I began to believe it. And I, and I knew it. So all of a sudden, I, I, I didn't see what may or may not be right. I saw what God had for this place. I began to see what God had for you. I began to believe for what would a church look like. I can't wait till every person in this church is functioning in their call and their purpose. And we're transforming the world. And we're changing lives. And people are coming to Christ. And people are going to the mission field. Or people are getting delivered. And people are being set free. Oh, I can't wait. And all of a sudden, I saw things differently. 
And I didn't see empty seats. I saw the potential for thousands and thousands and thousands of people to encounter a living God that's calling this church to reach them. And I believe the gift of faith is available to all of us. And that we are to ask for it. We're to ask for this gift of faith. We're to ask, God, use me to push forward on something that everything else says, man, just leave it alone. Just let it be. And I don't want us just to talk about these spiritual gifts or these things of the Spirit. I want us to allow them to function and to break out in our midst as a church. So the question is, could God be doing this tonight? I'd say, yes, He is. Could He be giving you a gift of faith for a situation you're facing or a situation you will be facing? Or a breakthrough that you desperately need. Or a breakthrough that someone else desperately needs. And I believe he is releasing something to us. This gift of faith. That no matter what. No matter what storm you're going through. No matter how broken your life might feel. No matter what anyone says. All of a sudden there's this unction in our hearts that we know hang on God's going to write the end of this story and he's going to use me to be a part of it that I get to share in this great adventure of pushing things forward for the kingdom of God again the key is under the authority of God being led of his will and his desire and then stepping out and functioning in the unction. That's a good function in the unction of what he has you to do. And that's what this gift of faith is. And I believe, and maybe there are some of you here tonight, that God is stirring this in you. I believe some of you have this gift. And you just didn't know that it was the gift of faith. I'd be willing to bet, if I was a betting man, but I'm not. But I'd be willing to bet. That you've seen God use this. All of a sudden, you, something you knew, I'm going to move forward in this. And you knew this is what God was saying, but you didn't realize you were actually functioning in the gift of faith. And so I believe God wants to release this to us tonight. He wants it to resonate inside of you. He wants you to, to go from this place, either to begin to believe for something now, or for God to do something right now, or wherever you're going to go. But I believe God has it. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.